So I didn't sleep, but I, two of my daughters have, have got a fever yesterday, and my little, youngest one was, uh, got sick last night, and so uh, I've been hand sanitizing all morning. Don't worry. I, I promise. I've been like, oh, okay, we got to. Uh, but anyway, I've been up all night long with the babies, and uh, so if I say something that doesn't sound right, I'm not responsible for what I say today. I'm just letting you know <laughs> if it's wrong or anything like that. I blame, blame my daughter. It's her fault. She's two years old. It's your fault. Anyways, um. Cool. Let's pray, and we'll, we'll get started. Woo! Jesus, man, help me. Amen. Okay, so today uh, we are reading in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 36, 37, 36, 37, 37, 37, you cheater. Um... Ezekiel 37. This is a, a really cool passage. Uh, it's, it's pretty popular, and it's also uh, pretty strange. And so I'm going to take you into this. I feel like this is specifically for our church today. It's not in the series that we've been doing called Freedom. This is kind of a break from that, and it's a special word just for today. Um, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Here we go. The hand of the Lord came upon me. This is Ezekiel. It's in the Old Testament. Dude's a prophet. He hears God. And some pretty cool things happens in this guy's life. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of a valley. It was full of bones and caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there was very many in the open valley and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? Whew. First of all, this is a really cool story. I love it. It's one of my favorites. I get really excited about this, so I'm sorry if I get... Uh, if you're new, I get weird when I get excited. I'm just letting you know I get like over-enthusiastic about dumb stuff. And so this is not dumb, though. It's my favorite. So here we go. Um, so Ezekiel got to see some cool things in his life. And you know what I've learned is that regardless of where you are with God, I believe a lot of us have a God story, even if you're not currently where you want to be with God. And Ezekiel's got one, except he's got a whole book of them right here. I mean, God's done some crazy things in his life forever and shown him some cool things. And I remember uh, there's a girl that comes to church here. I didn't see her this morning. Uh, I like talking about people behind their back. And so anyways, Tiffany is here. And Tiffany used to always struggle reading the Bible. And she would struggle with, like, man, understanding some things. And what I learned is that she um, she was... Uh, she was just driving, and she was always figured, like, God doesn't speak to me. God doesn't speak to me. And one time she was driving, and while she was driving, she had a vision. And it, like... It changed everything. She said it was like she wasn't in the car anymore. I had a vision one time. I'll never, I've only had a vision one time in my life. But I remember I was, I was worshiping, and I was standing in a church worshiping, and then all of a sudden I wasn't standing there. I saw a kid standing in front of a cornfield. And the cornfield was really dry, if you can imagine, like the fall, and everything front turns from green to yellow, and the stalks were really high, and you could barely see the kid standing at the end of the row. But I saw him standing there, and you can only see like this, but his arms were out. And as the view of, there was like a camera that was see, looking like down the aisle of the corn, it like came up. You can see that the kid had um, fire in both of his hands, like two torches. And he began to walk, and, uh, and there was a fire that just caught the first stock of corn on both sides. And he walked further, and the fire caught, and he began to, like, jog a little bit, and then he began to sprint. And as he ran through the thing, you could, like, the fire just, like, went. And uh, it was pretty cool. 
I was 19 when I had this, this vision, and I had come from a really bad past in my life where I made a lot of bad choices and a lot of bad decisions in school. And uh, the camera angle kind of turned, and I went from fire and corn to the hallways of kids' schools. And I saw kids worshiping at school. And I just began to cry because I remember the chaos in the school that I was in and the chaos that I created. And what I realized, these kids were worshiping God in their schools. And in and and that season of my life, the cornfield, um, I would travel with other companies and we would go into schools and do school assemblies for kids talking about how they can live their, le- they can live their dreams and they can face their fears and God can, can do something out of, out of nothing. And uh, hearing the stories that would come back, it would just be awesome to realize that they didn't have to waste their life. And um, anyways, that vision changed everything for me. Ezekiel is having a vision of himself. And uh, I know that currently there are a lot of people in this room right now that have a situation in your life that you don't understand. There's a situation happening currently that may be kind of out of control, and I feel like that's what's happening in this story. I believe that this is not a literal story, but it is a vision that he had. In other words, the scripture says that the, the hand of the Lord came upon him and brought him out in the spirit. So in other words, like he left himself and had an idea of something, like he was daydreaming of another place. Does that make sense? And he brought him out in the spirit of the Lord and sat him down in the midst of a valley. He was in a different place that was full of bones and caused him uh, to pass by them all. And behold, there was very many in the open valley, very many bones. And indeed, he, they were very, very dry, very, very dry bones. So you can almost kind of see there's, there's nothing left on them. It's just old, decaying bones. There's a reason for that. And so what he says is, they were very, very, very dry. And the Lord asked him, he said, son of man, can these bones live? Now, why this is important is because of what you're up against right now. I think many of us in our life, we have to learn how to overcome adversity in situations in our life. There are some of you right now that financially have a situation where there's fear and you're scared. And you don't know what you're going to do, but you have, to, you have to keep going, and you have to believe. And there's some situations right here today where some of you have a situation in your marriage where we're choosing to not believe anymore, and the situation has gotten dry, dried up to the point where there's nothing left, there's no life, there's no remains of life anymore. You just can't believe you're up against a wall and there's no hope. And so what's happening is there may be a situation with your kids where the relationship has gotten distant, the relationship has gotten ugly, and it looks like there's no hope. There may be a situation with your parents, your roommate, at work with your job, your employer. There may be a situation in your health today where the doctor has said, I don't know, and it seems to be hopeless. I'm telling you that what Ezekiel is looking at is very common, actually, to many of us. Because it's suffocating when there's no hope in a situation. Son of man, can these bones live? I'm reading in the New King James Version today. And and as that verse 3 would continue, he would say, So I answered to the Lord, Oh God, you know. Oh God, you know. 
Oh God, you know. In the New King James Version, he says, oh God, you know. And, I, and so what's happening is Ezekiel in, in chapters past, like there's a whole book of stuff where Ezekiel has this desire to see God do great things in his family and in his country and in his land. And it's like it's burning inside of him and he's having all these dreams. Just in the last chapter, Ezekiel had this dream that God was going to take the hearts of stone in people, the people that just gave up and didn't care anymore, he was going to give them new hearts and put a new spirit inside of them. And it was like, he can believe for that, but he doesn't know how it's going to happen. Like, how, how in the world, I believe, God, you're going to do it, but I don't know how you're going to happen. And so he gets to this place, and it's like he wants so bad to believe that God can break through in a situation that's just dry and hopeless, and he can give life. But how? And so as he's standing there, he says, oh, God, you know, son of man, can they live? Oh, you know, you know what's in my heart. You know what I believe. And you know how and what and where and when. And these are the hardest questions for us is how and when and what. And we just ask so many questions that we get overwhelmed and we just shut down. And life has a way of paralyzing us because we don't know. And he's looking at a hopeless situation going, ah. You know, I don't know, you know, you know that I know that I know, but I don't know, as you know, and some of us, we believe, but we give up not knowing how to, it's crazy. Maybe I'm the only one, but I have been, I'm a pastor of the church, and I'm like, I don't, I, I don't know, but I've seen it. And you guys, man, the money came in from out of nowhere, and God redeemed, restored this relationship out of nowhere, and God healed me out of nowhere. And there's people in this room that were healed of cancer. There's people in this room where the marriage was done, and it restored. Divorce, people were separated and somehow got back together and restored their marriage. I'm telling you, I've seen God now do crazy things, and I don't know how he does it. Can it happen, oh God, you know, I'm going to keep going because this gets really good from here. Here we go. Verse 4, so I answered, O Lord, you know. Verse 4, he said to me again, prophesy to these bones. And prophesy to the bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. And I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and then you shall know that I am the Lord. So he starts off with the big picture. He says, all right, you believe it? And here's what I want you to do. I want you to say it. I want you to say, this can work. Somehow those bones can live well come on man i mean can jesus really be dead and come back to life? can jesus really heal someone that's got cancer can jesus really restore can he really break money out of nowhere like can he really yes 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 yeah i've seen it like i don't know how I don't, i've seen it i've seen people countless times i'm going to nicaragua in a couple days and i love nicaragua uh we're going i'm going next week in a week and a half or something, I'm going soon. And uh, I remember the first time that I saw someone that was blind get healed. 
This is not part of my notes. This is a, this is a nugget for you. I remember the first time I was standing, I was at a church. I was there with Jen Miller, and uh, I was there with Garrett Hicks. And Some of you guys know Garrett Hicks, and uh, yeah, that's a Polk County name right there. <laughs> Garrett Hicks, anyways. And so uh, and, uh, I was there with him, and, and, uh, and little Devin was there with me, and, and they, they brought all these people up to the altar, and I was 19, and I had no idea what I was doing, and I went with Pastor Strader, and he sent us to this church, and, uh, and he said, you go and you preach, and then afterwards, ask, ask people if they want prayer, and he was like, don't worry, God will heal people, and I'm like, dude, this is ridiculous. I've seen other people do healings, and I remember these people came down, and they were deaf, and I was, I prayed over them, and, I, and they, and the girl freaked out, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool, who's next, and we prayed, and they, and they freaked out, and I remember the first time, then at the end of the service, two people that were deaf in the room could hear, there was only like 200 people in the room, that was when they had like church there, it was really cool, they didn't actually have a roof on the building, and uh, they didn't actually have a sound system, so what they did is they just, they, they played a guitar, but you couldn't hear, because there were so many people singing, so dang on loud, out of key, like, and they were all clapping out of rhythm, and it was just the worst sound you ever heard in the coolest way. It was real church. They didn't have AC. Things weren't like they didn't have like the seats were weird and bad, and it was awesome. And I remember after service, they brought another girl to us that was going to be 16 years old the next day, and she was deaf. She had never heard a sound in her life, and she made noises to try to communicate. But she signed to her mom who spoke in Spanish to the translator, who then translated it to me. So we had like an eight-way conversation going on. And I remember I prayed for her, and nothing happened, and I was so angry. They didn't understand it. Like, it. like it worked, and then it worked, and this is the one I really wanted to work, because her birthday's going to be tomorrow, and she's about to be 16, and how cool would it be for this girl to hear for the first time when she's 16? Can it happen? And so the Lord speaks to Ezekiel, and he says, prophesy prophesy that these bones will live. And what I'll do is I'll take these bones and I'll wrap meat around it and I'll put skin on it and I'll breathe life into it and I'll restore them and they'll stand up and they'll live. And I prayed and nothing happened. I remember I went home that night. You would have thought that I would have been so rad. I would have been so excited. Like, God, I just saw the coolest miracles. My heart was absolutely broken. And I don't encourage this, but I remember I walked around that night and I cussed at God. I was so angry. Like, I was like, God, why would you not do that? Like, this girl wanted a miracle and we all, the whole church got around this girl. Like, everyone was believing and nothing happened. Three days later, it was, there was, we, were at a church, we were at a bigger crusade, and her mom brought her in, and I remember the first time we're standing in front of this ginormous speaker. If you've ever been overseas and you've seen crusades, they have the worst sound systems in the world. They don't actually make good quality noise. They just make volume, lots of volume. And we're standing in front of the, this speaker, and it was after the service, and this girl came down front, and we got to pray over her again, and I was so happy. I brought her over to someone that prays better than me. It was the pastor's wife, and I knew that if, if, if Miss Jan would just do it, then it would work. And, and, uh, and so we're praying, and we're yelling in her ear, and she's standing there, and I remember the first time that her ear popped open two days after her birthday because she's standing there, and I knew it the moment it happened because she's, she's pr- everyone's crying, and we're standing there, we're praying, and and all of a sudden, she freaked out, and it was like instantly, why? She went, because she heard the greatest voice she ever heard in her whole life. It was me, right? No, she, 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 she freaked out because she heard like this crazy sound system. It was crazy loud. She didn't know what they were saying. She didn't know where they were going. But it, and I knew instantly, like you couldn't, I would put millions of dollars on the reality that that girl's ear opened because it was crazy loud. About five minutes later, her other ear popped open, and, and I, I, it was like the greatest thing I've ever seen happen in my life. I'm telling you, I don't know how, but I know, and our job is to believe. Our job is to speak. 
Our job is to speak. Our job is to speak. And he said, son of man, can they live? Oh, God, only you know. Then here's what I want you to do. Don't be dumb. Stand up. Believe and say, Bones, do your thing. All right, so watch this. Here we go. We're going to get into this here. Um, so this is the first time in the Bible that anyone would know this, but it, what happens here in this passage is this is the first account of AMC's The Walking Dead. You know what I mean? Like it's like the first time like Rick pulled out his crossbow and like it was like the real deal, you know? And anyways, I had to Google the guy's name after before. I, was like, I want to get it right. All right, anyways. Um, do you see the dry bones in your life? Can you spot the situation in your life that's out of order and looks hopeless? That's point number one. Number two, can they live? Can you see the situation resolved? Can you see it resurrected? Can you see it alive? Can you see it in good health? Then, number four, then can you get a word of the Lord? Here's what happens in verse four. He, he says this. I have to find it. Uh, again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Now, here's what's important. When you have a dream and you believe that that dream is of God, you believe that somehow it makes sense and it lines up with God's word, that somehow he'll receive glory for this weird situation that needs to be fulfilled, what we do is we go to scripture. You don't go to your pastor. You go to your Bible. Like, you have a relationship with God, and you say, God, if you're God, I need your help on this. This is what I need you. And so Ezekiel stands there, and he doesn't say in his own words. He says it in the words of the Lord. The, hear the word of the Lord, dry bones. Hear, not my words, dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord. And there's something powerful about learning to speak truth. The truth is, is that the reality was there was a lot of dry bones in this vision. The truth is, if God said it's going to happen, then that's what's going to happen. So we can see the outcome, we can believe the outcome, but we have to keep our eyes on the outcome regardless of the process. Hmm, this is good. And some of you guys are going to go home and go, man, this is good. All right, here we go. All right, this is good. All right, can you, uh, number four, can you get a word of the Lord? Can you manage the situation from God's perspective? Can you see the reality when it's not your reality? And can you keep your heart steadfast and not allow fear to paralyze you? Because here's what I've learned is in situations in life, when it doesn't happen instantly, it's because it's a process. And you're going to have to believe again tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And reality is going to speak against that and tell you that it's not going to happen because it wants fear to tell you that you're not good enough, that you can't, and that you won't, and that you should stop. And what happens in those moments is we give up, and the devil wins. We quit. We allow fear to overwhelm us, and it's terrible. I'm not even talking about, like, okay, let's, let's take God out of the context. Let's just talk about life. Let's just talk about the fact that you believe that you're supposed to do great at work, but you have a hard time with your management or your boss, and so when situations get bad, you get angry, you speak against the situation, and you quit trying. Great. Stay in that position the rest of your life and give up and don't worry about being promoted. Like, you're going to have to fight for every dream you have. If you don't have to sacrifice for a dream, it's not a dream. Because dreams don't just land on your lap. You know what I mean? Like, you're, only you can fight for what you care about, what's in your heart. I, I read, a, I listened to a sermon this week, 
and this guy was talking about how we are all creators. Humans are the only animal or being on earth that creates. Look at what we've made. We've made chair. We've made fire. You know, like we've, we've, we've made, like, ah, I made fire. And we've made a lot of stuff. And so we create, and it's something inside of us that we get these dreams and we somehow then look at our life and go, I don't want to do this. I want to. I want to dance, you know. I said to my son this week, you know, he asked me what his, what his uh, gifting is. This is a nugget for you, so I know. He said, Dad, what, what's, my, what's my talent? I said, I don't know. Man. You love people really, really, really well. He goes, no, Dad, I got to do a talent at school. What's my talent? And, he, and I was like, I don't know, Micah. And he goes, Dad, I'm going to dance. And I'm like, no, son. <laughs> you ain't seen him dance before, but I'll tell you right now, it's not his gift. But he, and then it, I tried talking him out of it, and, he, and he, two days later he said, no, Dad, I thought about it. I'm going to dance. And I was like, you know what, son? You do you. You do. You dance, baby. You dance. You dance. We'll dance. Anyways, okay, here we go. I can't sing. That's, that's my thing. All right. After you get a word. I told you, I'm going to be weird today. This is the reality. This is what happens when the Spirit comes on me. I turn into a weirdo. Okay. Can you keep your heart steadfast? Can you not allow fear to paralyze you from where you are? You're going to have to keep believing in the word. And so I need you to learn that if God has a dream for you, you find a word that God is promising your scenario in the scripture, and you say that word out loud, and you prophesy that word to your life. I'm going to come around here in a bit. You're going to like it. Number four. Nope. Yes, after you get a word, can you get his spirit? Here we go. I'm going to jump back into reading here, and you'll, you'll follow me. Verse 4 says, And he said to me, Prophesy to these bones, and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Surely I can breathe and enter into you, and surely you shall live. I'll put sinews on you, and I'll bring flesh upon you, and I'll cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live. And then you will know that I am the Lord. And so verse 7 comes along, and he says, So I prophesied as I was commanded. And then as I prophesied, there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling, and bones came together. I love this, man, because suddenly there was a noise. And I feel like when God's doing something like a, like a real miracle, it starts with something small. Like you can just kind of get a feeling that maybe God is up to something. And, uh, and it, it's like a, a small hand. There's another scripture that we talk about God moving and there was like a, a cloud the size of a man's hand in the sea. And it was like, maybe God can actually do this. And it starts with you believing. And uh, anyways, I, he heard a noise and I thought that was pretty cool. And after, uh, yep, so after you get a word, you got to get his spirit. Um, this is verse 9. I'm going to read that here to you. And they came together, bone after bone, and indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. And he said to me, prophesy. So what happens here in the first is that the bones come together, and then the muscle covers them, and then the skin covers them, and they're standing there, but they're not alive. They're not alive because there's no spirit. And here's what's important. I've seen this in Christians, and I was reminded of this again this week. I was talking to some, some, a friend of mine, and they reminded me. There's a lot of people that know the word, uh, but you can, sometimes you can quote it until you're blue in the face, but if you don't actually have it in you, it doesn't do anything. Like, 
The Bible isn't knowledge, it's spirit. And so the idea is, is you've got to get the heart behind the word. You've, you've got to live this thing. It's not being hearers, but being doers of the word, right? And so what happens here is that he, he speaks the word, and it's starting to happen, but there's no spirit. And so God says to him in verse 9, Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath. So the word breath in, in the Hebrew uh, meant spirit. That was the word translated, and it's pretty powerful. So what he's saying is if you think back to Adam and Eve, God created Adam, and he's laying there, and then God breathed life into him. And so what he's saying is he needs the breath to come into him and bring him to life. And so what I've realized in circumstances in my life is that in order for me to maintain heart, I need a new heart. I need someone alive with me to maintain steadfastness in what I believe. So it's not just a promise, but I need God walking with me in my life, reminding me to keep going, reminding me to not lose heart, reminding me to not look at the situation, reminding me to believe, to believe, to believe, to believe, to believe, to believe, to believe. And some of, mm, nope, I can't go there yet. Okay, here we go. You got to go after God's heart. You got to get close to him you got to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added to you, right? There, I think about Jacob, where he's wrestling with God to get his blessing, right? I think about, there's this passage in Scripture that's really cool. It's in Acts chapter 16, where the apostle Paul, he has, um, uh, this, is, uh, he has this, this vision. He's, he gets sent out with Timothy and with Silas, and they're going on a journey to go, to go preach the word. What's really cool is Paul sets out on this journey, and we actually have the Bible because Paul left on a journey. What's really weird is there's so much that happens in this first, in Acts chapter 16. It's really neat. Paul and Silas head out with his dude Timothy, and they, you know, they don't have a car. So it says that they go to this other town, and when they get there, the Spirit of God says, nope, don't go in there. What? We just walked from Lakeland to Orlando. I'm going in there to tell these people. And God's like, no, this is not where you need to be. So they leave Orlando, and then they turn a different direction. They did not go to Orlando, okay? I won't even, and so they, but they, they left Orlando, and they walked to another town, to Tallahassee. And when they got there, the Spirit of God says, don't go in there. So they leave there, and they walk to another place. What I'm telling you is that you need the Spirit. In your life, you're going to need to know that like God's going to say, like, hey, don't do this, do this. Hey, don't go there, go here. And you're going to need to follow I'm telling you, you need God's spirit in your life. You've got to have his spirit. You're going to do some dumb stuff. This, I'm prophesying over your life, it's going to happen. You are going to be dumb. You're going to mess this whole thing up. Whatever God wants to do, somehow you're going to find a way to break it. I think about the Goonies, you know. You ever see the Goonies? What's the fat kid's name in the movie? The, um, chunk, Chunk, right? He's like, here, Chunk, hold this map. One, two, three, and he drops it. Oh, I'm so sorry. He's all right. We, we needed you to break it, Chunk. And so uh, in your life, you're going to screw it up, and God's going to redeem it. You're going to need his spirit to make this process work. What I love about this as I look at it is the spirit entering into man is the reverse process. Like it's going back together. So he's putting man back together, but the first step of man dying is that they lose their spirit. And then as they lose their spirit, their body begins to decay and the skin rots. And then the muscles rot. And then the bones, you know what I mean? There's nothing left. It's the reverse process. So of course it's going to start with the word of God and then it's going to end with his spirit being the last step for man to, to walk with God. Like if you in your life, if you don't have the spirit, you're going to miss it. 
And the Spirit is something like, great, you had a good church service today, but if the Holy Spirit doesn't move, if the Holy Spirit doesn't speak to you, he, there's a, a passage in Scripture where the, where the Bible says that he used a donkey to speak to someone. I'm basically a donkey standing up here talking to you if God doesn't move through me. Like, I just want you to know that. I'm dumb as can be. God needs his spirit to speak through a dumb dude up here. You're like, oh, pastor, don't say that. No, I'm telling you, he's going to need to speak through you too. So it's, okay, I got to keep going here. Yep, here we go. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, So I'm going to keep reading in verse... 10, so I prophesied as he commanded, and breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood up on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Now, I believe this didn't literally happen. This was figurative. It was a dream that he had because of what's about to happen. Two chapters later, Ezekiel needed an army, and he believed God would assemble that army out of nowhere to overcome God's enemies. And uh, here we go. Okay, I'm going to keep going. Verse 11, he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. What I've learned is that, uh, so the spirit left these bones and they decayed. When we lost God's heart, we lost hope, we lost purpose, death came and slowly we lost hope and we fell into a numbness where we stopped caring, we stopped trying and we existed. I know that some of you guys here today are in a situation where you've stopped trying for what you believe in. Now, what God is saying here in Ezekiel is that these bones are not like bones. It's I'm talking about Israel. I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about God's people. They've lost the spirit of God and they've died off. They've lost hope. Well, the Bible says this. The Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. When we lose hope, when we lose belief that God is going to resurrect this situation, your health, your finances, your marriage, your relationship with your friend, your job, whatever it is you're in, when you lose hope, you die. Bottom line. And I believe that you have to remember that it's your job to fight and to believe that God wants to do something great through you. No one else is going to fight for your dream but you. You've got to see it, you've got to fight for it, and you've got to speak it. And here's what happens next. I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. Number six is still in verse 11. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say our bones are dry and hope is lost and we ourselves are cut off. I think that um, what we don't realize is that what we're saying about our situation is what's happening. When you say that your marriage isn't getting anywhere, guess what? It's not getting anywhere. When you say that your finances aren't getting anywhere, guess what? They're not getting anywhere because you've lost momentum to try and move for what you're believing in. I believe wholeheartedly that our lives are moving in the direction of our greatest thoughts. Our lives are moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. When I think that this is broken and I quit, it's going to stay broken until someone else comes along and does it for me. God put you there to speak life and to believe and to hope. It's you. It's you. It's you. It's you. 
I learned this a long time ago. I used to work with this guy who was, he was a speaker, and he used to always say, if you're the problem, that's good news because you're the solution. If you're the problem, you're the solution. Like, if you broke it, you can fix it. It's good news. Whatever's wrong, you can make right by speaking life. Here, I'm going to keep going here. Uh, and so James chapter 3, verse 3 and 4 says this. It's pretty cool. He says that, indeed, we put bits in horses' mouth that they may obey us. And they turn their whole body in the direction of what's in their mouth. Look at ships. Although they are so large and driven by fierce winds, they're turned by a very small rudder. A ship, ginormous, the Titanic, moved because of a little small propeller, not because of the wind, not because of the size. Like, what I'm saying is that your mouth has a lot of power in it. And you're condemning some scenarios. Now, I'm not talking about, like, I know that people have said this for a long time, like, don't say that you're sick because you're cursing yourself. No, you can say what your reality is. Like, if I got a cough or I got a flu, that's where I'm at. But what I know is coming is that God is going to do blah, 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 blah. You've got to speak what reality is going to happen. Is this making sense? All right, cool. I'll, I'll start getting towards the end here. Here we go. People are like, dang, how long is this guy talking? <clears throat> So it ends in, in, in verse 7 here. Listen to this. Uh, no, in verse 12. He said to me, Son of man, the bones of the whole house of Israel, and indeed they say the bo- our bones are dry and our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore, prophesy. Now this is where the, the vision is being fulfilled. Right? I told you about the, the, the vision that I had of, of, of like that cornfield. It was the reality that God would give me the courage to go stand in schools and tell kids that hope is not lost. It's the reality that you have to learn how to speak, that there is hope. Now, here's, here's how it ends. It says, then prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord, behold, O my people, and I will open up graves and cause them to come up from their graves and bring into the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. And when I have opened the graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves, I will put my spirit in you and you shall live. And I will place you in your own land, and you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. <clears throat> Charles Spurgeon preached this message, and this is what he said when he closed. A God's servant must know that bones are dry and are dead. God's servant must walk among the dead. God's servants must speak forth God's word. God's servants must almost have a foolish confidence in God's word. God's servants must understand that the Spirit's work is in a process. God's servants must recognize that the work of the Holy Spirit is essential. God's servants must boldly pray for the Spirit to move. God's servants must speak in power and of faith. God's servants must notice every evidence of the Spirit's work. And God's Spirit, God's servant, must look for God's people to be revived into an army of service. And God's servant must not say that all hope is lost. And I thought that that was really awesome. Here's what I want to break this down. There were some quotes that I thought I found on Pinterest uh, a couple weeks ago, and I, I pinned it. I can't make that up, Dustin. I, was, I, I saw it pinned, and I was like, man, this is glorious. Here you go. This is cool. I pinned it. I'm pinning it for you right now. A dream written down with dates becomes a goal. A goal broken down into steps becomes a plan. A plan backed by steps becomes a dream come true. A dream written down with dates becomes a goal. A goal broken down into steps becomes a plan. 
a plan back by steps becomes a dream come true. Why that's important is um, I think about my life, and I, what, the way God, this story unfolded was God said, speak it, and I'll start the process. Now, you're going to have to put some, some meat on these bones. You're going to have to know that this is going to come in a process, and you're going to have to see the process. If it's your marriage, you've got to see the process. If it's your health, you've got to see the process. If, if it's your finances, you've got to look for the process. There is a process at work in God's kingdom, and you're going to have to be wise enough to recognize that. Here's another one that I thought was cool. A vision without a plan is just a dream. A plan without action is a dream wasted. But a vision with a plan can change the world. A vision without a plan is just a dream. A plan without action is a dream wasted. But a vision with a plan can change the world. I know that it may be a relationship with your son or daughter that's broken right now. If you can believe, if you can put action to what you're believing, if you can put steps into restoring the process, although it will not come easy, there may be times where they look at you like you've got 10 heads. If you can continue to believe and see the outcome, that relationship can live. But you have to prophesy the right thing because your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts and you can lead it down whatever dark turn you want to. But I believe that God wants to do something powerful in your life and he wants to make something that is currently lost, restored. And if you're the problem, you're the solution. That's my close. Would y'all bow your heads and close your eyes with me? There's some of you right now who don't know the purpose that God has for your life. And you're saying, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't know where I'm at. And I don't know where I'm going. And I've been through some things that no one else understands and no one here knows. But I'm telling you that God does. And I believe that a lot of this message was maybe to get to you. And there's something inside of you that maybe died off. Maybe someone hurt you. Maybe someone done you wrong. And it rubbed you the wrong way. And you pushed God out of your life. And I believe that God wants to restore that process today. If you're here, and today, overall, generally, you got a sense that God is good, and you want to trust him, if that's you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, would you, would you put your hand up right now? God bless you, and God bless you, and God bless you, and God bless you. And there's some people here that you've got a situation that's strong and it's dark and it looks like it's completely dead. And you've lost hope. Maybe in the process of the system and God and the church and whomever, I don't know what your situation is, but you've lost some, some hope and you want to fight for something that you believe in. And today you're going to change your process and your approach. It may not even be spiritual. But today, you believe that God may be speaking to you about fighting for it again. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you say, that's me. Would you raise your hand? Man, that's awesome. God, I know that there's a dream inside a lot of us, a dream that would say that I, I believe that I can do great things. I believe that I have a call of God on my life, and I want to fulfill. I want to reach the lost for you. I want to help the poor. I want to clothe those that are naked. I want, to, I, want to, I want to restore hope to people. Use me. 
All I know, God, is that you're good. And your will for my life and the dream that you have for my life, I want. Help me to see what you see. Lord, would you have your way here today? I thank you that there's some life coming to people even right now. I'm just waiting right now. We're not doing anything. We're not going anywhere just for a second. We're just going to take this financial situation. Take this problem in my marriage. Take this lack of relationship and the fear that I have of approaching relationships and restore it. And we prophesy there's nothing you can't do, God. I'm thankful for what you're doing in this church and I'm thankful for the change that's coming. There's nowhere else I'd rather be than right here, right now with you. best part of my life, God. We love you. We give you all the praise and all the glory. And all God's people said. Hey, um, before, as we close today, um, next week we have some announcements that are pretty big. And um, so if you can maybe um, come next week, you might, you might like that. Otherwise you're going to be like, what? Pastor Tim quit? What? I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it might happen. I'm just letting you know. It's like a good week to quit. All right, Amy's up. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the friends that we have here. Thank you for the family you brought us in with. Thank you for what you're doing. We love you. We bless you. We honor you. We give you all the praise and all the glory and all God's people said. Amen. There's food outside. We're going to do water baptisms in 15 minutes. We love you guys.